0: Stephanie, I'm one of the pastors here. I see a few new faces. Welcome to Mill City Church. We're so glad that you're here. Um, as it was also already explained, this is called multi generational service, okay? Our worship service that is multi generational. Now, here's the secret every worship service is multi generational because we have multi generations at every service, obviously. But today is actually the first time we're trying to just be a little bit more intentional about what it means for us to be a, a group of people that represent so many different generations at this point. From our littlest kids that are, are, well, there's a few of them that are gonna be born pretty soon by the looks of it. And then we've got some little kids, we've got our, our families, we've got people who are single, we've got people who are married without kids, we've got people with kids, we've got grandparents, we've got people who are of the wisdom generations, which I call all the generations that are older than me. And this is our, this is our community. This is what it means to be the family of God. And so if you're visiting with us, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to listen in. You get to listen in for just a minute on a little heart-to-heart with Pastor Steph that I want to have with our community. So welcome to that if you're brand new. But I just can I share my heart with you just a little bit before we talk about the scripture today? Um, so kids, first of all, I want to talk to you. We are so glad that you are a part of our community. And it means the world to us when you are with us during worship, even if you are a little bit squirrely. Because how many adults in here feel a little bit squirrely sometimes but you don't feel allowed to squirrel around? And when we see you kids with us, we feel a little bit more like we can be ourselves. But we cannot be our community without you. We need you. And when I'm talking to kids, some of you who are in your 20s, you're like, thank you. That's okay if you still feel like a kid in your 20s, that's totally fine. But I mean, all of you who are in elementary school, who are maybe gonna start elementary school this year, we love you, we need you. This is what makes our community whole is when you are a part of it. And so we're so glad that you're here. And what I wanna to say to all the adults is that it's so important that we continue to be people who create a space where our kids feel that they can be seen and heard sometimes. And sometimes that means when we're trying to get, come up here and we got way too many announcements that it's a little bit hard to hear because sometimes those announcements are way too long for some of our little kids that are three and four and five years old. But can you agree that it makes our community richer that those kids are there with us? Absolutely. Okay, you don't, have, you don't have to clap, but that's nice. I appreciate it, thank you. Um, but I have a few more things to say. I also want to say that you families are amazing, but you, you take up what I call emotional and relational space, okay, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, did you know that our community, only one-third of our community are families with kids? Think about that for a second. So two-thirds of us are people who don't have kids yet, or maybe won't be having kids, and maybe they have kids that are not school-aged kids anymore. So it's really actually a minority that are families with kids, but I'm just going to speak for all of us who don't have kids. It feels like we're the minority. (laughs) Because kids have so much energy, and we love that, but it takes up so much relational space. So what I want to say to those of you who are single or those of you who don't have kids, this is your community, and even though the kids take up a lot of the emotional space, this is your space too. But I also want to challenge you and say Let's connect with these families because I've talked to a lot of them and most of them would love it if some other adults hung around their kids. Am I right, parents? Yeah. Okay, but I've heard a couple parents say this. Man, you know what though? Those folks, they do not know how crazy it is at our house at dinner. We can't invite them over. It's way too nuts. All right, but I want to say something to the people who don't have kids here. Think about this. How many of you would be totally willing to see what that chaos is like and if someone invited you to dinner, you'd totally go? Raise your hand. Look at all of them. They want to come to dinner and see it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I have seen so many times over the last 10 years of this church where families have adopted each other, where a couple without kids or somebody, some people who are single have gotten connected with a family and had a sense of adopting each other. You guys, this is what it means to be the family of God. And everyone needs to feel that they have a space here and that they're welcome here, and this is who, who the space that's been created for them. We talk here a lot about uh, racial diversity and ethnic diversity, and we're going to keep doing that because it's super important. But you guys, if we can't even cross generational diversity lines, we got no hope for the ethnic and racial diversity thing. So we got to do this, you guys. We got to do it. So we're just trying to take one Sunday here, maybe we'll do it every once in a while, just to say, hey, we want to make sure we focus on how important our multi-generational diversity is, and we want to continue to grow in that. So the final group I want to talk to you is the people who are of the wisdom generations. I said that was the people that are generations older than me. I'm 35, no secret there. Um, We really need you. If there's ever been a time in the world where, since I've been alive in 35 years where I have felt the need for the wisdom of people who've gone before me, it's now. So we really need you. And I think you're also a group who feels like there's less of you than there actually is. There's kind of a lot of people that are in the, the generations ahead of me. And it feels like there's less of you because of what I said earlier, but... You are all welcome here, and we need you here. So that is my heart, heart-to-heart talk to all of you, okay? Cool. All right. Let's pray, and then let's dig into God's word together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for this group of people that are sitting here right now and the, the group that they represent who are in different places this summer. God, you have blessed this community with diversity of all kinds. And we ask, God, in Jesus' name, that you would continue to increase the diversity of our community in every kind of way. Because God, we know that it looks more and more like your kingdom where you say someday the young, the old, the rich, the poor and every tongue and tribe and nation will worship together at your throne and we want to be a little foretaste and a little glimpse of that here and now. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to worship here in this school. We pray that you would bless the students and the teachers and the faculty as they have just a few more weeks before they come back. And God, we thank you so much for our kids who are joining us here today during our worship service. God, we ask that you would allow them to feel so special and so welcome as a part of our community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so community time question was, uh, when's the last time you had to memorize something? Does anybody have something that they had to memorize recently? Don't be shy. Anything? Everyone's like, no, I didn't have to memorize anything. Okay, easier question. What is something you've had to memorize in your life before? All right? Kids, you can answer this question too, so just call it out. Yeah. Phone numbers, what else? Louder. Passwords. Passwords, that's a good one. I didn't think it. Say it again. Lego, you memorize your Lego instructions? Okay, that's a challenge to me right there. Okay, I got that. What else? Music scales. What did you say, Abduak? Even louder. Oh, a script! You had to memorize a script. There we go. What else? What else is over here? Phone numbers. Good. Did anybody here have to learn memorize their alphabet? Piano songs. piano songs. Very good. I like that group group answer there. That was good. Nice and loud. You had to memorize your piano songs for your recitals. How about? Did you have to memorize colors? Nobody memorizes those anymore. We're done with the Roy G. Biv thing. Okay. Anything else? Numbers, times tables? Yeah, okay. We can talk about it for a long time. So I made like the quickest list. I said, okay, I'm going to set a timer for one minute and I'm going to think of all the things that you have to memorize. And this is the list I came up with. I think we had even way more things than I came up with, but I thought of phone numbers, addresses. You have to memorize your address. How many people have had to memorize, well, your own birthday? We know that. Has anybody accidentally forgotten someone else's birthday because you didn't memorize it? Yeah, that's not good usually. Yeah, good. OK, uh, capitals, states. Who has to memorize the states? All right, people had to memorize the states, multiplication tables, order of operations. Do we still do the order of operations? Is that over? OK, because I've, I've heard that math has significantly changed since I was a child. Is that right? Apparently, it's totally different. Math, I didn't know math could change, but it did. Colors, planets, who memorized the planets? Was anyone upset when they tried to demote Pluto? Okay, I thought some people were upset about that. So you have to memorize all of this stuff. So the question that we have today is why would we memorize Scripture? Why would we memorize parts of the Bible? So a few minutes ago, we had some people come up and do their memory verse. And I have to say that in my life, I've had this question. Because I grew up in a a place where it was always expected that I would memorize verses. I probably memorized when I was a little kid, before I was like 10 years old, I probably memorized hundreds of verses. Now, I didn't memori- remember all of them, but I memorized them enough to recite them once. At least like 200 verses. Can you believe that? And I felt like when I was a kid, I was memorizing things all the time. I was memorizing my multiplication tables. I was memorizing states. I was memorizing colors. I was memorizing all of the stuff. And I felt like sometimes my brain could not fit anything else in it anybody else feel like that sometimes? Like you have to memorize so much stuff and you have to fit your brain in it. It's hard. So I think I'm like okay at memorizing, but for some people it's really, really hard to memorize. And for other people, they're just really, really, really good at it, but I'm kind of okay at it. But I realized, wow, if we are all people who are, I, I just always thought we, we should or we're supposed to memorize verses, but that must be really hard for people who where it's really difficult for them to memorize because it's really hard for me. So I would make up games to try to remember. So I would, I would play hopscotch. Do people still do that? Hopscotch, kids, you do that? Where you'd hop on the, on the squares and I would try to memorize by saying, if I couldn't remember the next word, I couldn't go to the next box. So sometimes I was standing on one foot for a long time until I could go to the next one so I remembered the word of my, of my verse, like the one that we just did. But in my life, it was like you memorize things all the time. So I have this question at times. Why do we have to memorize so much stuff especially since we have Google. No one else wonders that? Okay, and then why would we memorize scripture? Why would we memorize parts of the Bible? When I was a kid, I memorized so much stuff, but I have to tell you, the older I get, the harder it is for me to memorize stuff. Anybody else, the older you get, the harder is it for you to memorize things? Okay, so this is just part of it. So kids, it gets harder when you get older to memorize things, but it seems like it's still important. So we have that question. Why do we memorize Bible verses, because I have forgotten a lot of the ones I memorized, and I've forgotten some of the state capitals. Just going to be honest about that. Okay, every once in a while, I forget some of the states over on the East Coast, because there's so many tiny ones, and they're very confusing to me. I'm just confessing that as a way of setting a vulnerability with everybody. So kids, if you're having a hard time with the states, Pastor Steph knows how you feel. So let's talk about this. Why would we memorize verses, especially if it's hard for some people? Maybe it's not something that we have to do. I don't know. So let's figure this out. Let's say, okay, where does the Bible talk about this idea? So I'm going to bring up three different places where the Bible talks about this idea, and let's pay attention to it and try to say, well, what is this really saying, okay? So the first place is in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. So if you have a Bible, we're going to to look at Deuteronomy 6, and then we're going to look at two places in the Psalms, and we're going to have it up here on the screen, okay? So in Deuteronomy 6, this is what's called the Shema. It's a prayer, and Shema means listen, because this is a place where God is saying, listen, listen to me. And we read this whenever we have a little baby dedication. So if you've been here for one of our baby dedications, which we like to have a lot, because we have a lot of babies, um, we read this because this is a place where it talks about how important it is for God's word to be in the lives of little kids, okay? So let me just read it for you. starts with the word here, which is what Shema means in Hebrew. Hear, O Israel... The Lord our God the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorframes of your houses and on your gates. Okay, so what does it say here about these words? It's talking about the words of God. Here in Deuteronomy, it's speaking about the things that God says to you, what should you do with them, and it says it should be on your heart, it says you should talk about it, and then it says that you should actually have it written places where you can see it. And whenever we're looking at a part of scripture, we say, well, why would we do that? Because there's always, like Pastor Mike said last week, there's always a so that, a reason, like why. And so here it says, so that you can love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. If you know these words of God, then you're going to be able to love God better. That's what this part of Deuteronomy says. Okay, let's look at another place. Psalm 1, 2 through 3. If you go to Psalm 1, it's the very beginning of this whole huge book of the Bible, the book of Psalms. There's many, many, many Psalms. But the very first one, I'm going to look at verse, book 1, Psalm 1, verse 2. It says, People are blessed if... They delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Okay, so what is this part saying? This is saying that you are blessed if you, it says delight. So what does delight mean? That means get excited. So you're blessed if you get excited about knowing what God's word says. That's a good thing. That seems like a really good thing. And then it also says to meditate on it. Did you hear that word meditate? It says meditate on it day at night. Meditate, that's kind of a little bit different than memorize, I think. That's good to pay attention to. You. And then it says so that, why? So that you can have a fruitful life. So that you can have good things grow out of your life. Awesome. So if you meditate, I think the best way to think of that is if you think a lot, think really deeply about what God says, then you're going to have a life that has a lot of good things in it. Okay, cool. Then the next one we're gonna look at is the verse that we just heard some people share their memorization, Psalm 119.11. Psalm 119.11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that was that second part there. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Okay, so this is a little bit different too. It doesn't say memorize, does it? It says, hide it in your heart. So you're taking God's word and you're putting it in your heart. And usually our heart is where we think of our feelings, where we feel. So meditate in our mind and put in our heart where we feel. And then it says, so that you would not sin against God. Okay, well what does that mean? The best way to think of that is that that way you'll go in the direction that God wants for you rather than away from God. So here, this psalm, this song, is saying if you feel inside of your heart, the things that God wants to say to you, and your heart embraces those things on the inside, then you're going to go in the direction God wants for you instead of the direction God does not want for you. Those all sound like good things, right? So that you can go in the direction of God. That's why these things. So if these these words were written thousands of years ago, that would suggest that there's been people who've been trying to meditate or take God's word into their heart or have delight in God's word for thousands of years. So here we are in 2018 and there have been thousands, millions of people who have said, I want these words to be things that I have in my mind and in my heart. So this is not new. And that's why I think it brings up this question. Well, why would we memorize it? Well, there's a really good reason that people used to memorize the Bible not so long ago. And if you think about it for a reason, you might and for a minute, you might know what this reason is. And it's because people couldn't read. If you can't read, then there's no point in having one of these if you don't know how to read these words. And so people would do the best they could to memorize the words in their mind and in their heart because they weren't able to just open it and read. So some of you kids are learning to read right now, but many of you already know how to read. That means that you know how to do something that a lot of people don't know how to do. Did you know that there's some countries today in, in, the, in the, the world where there is over 50% of adults who still can't read. There are many countries in the world today where 50% of adults, every, for every one adult that can read, there's one adult that cannot read their whole life. So man, you can totally see how memorizing and having something that you can recall without having to read would be so important if you couldn't read. This was true for a lot of people. And you know what? A lot of people can't Google things, right? Because They don't have the opportunity to Google and there's people who were never able to Google thousands of years ago. So having access to these words that you can actually read is kind of a special thing, because not everybody has that. And when you can actually read it in order to, to remember it, that's a really special thing that people not everybody gets to do. In fact, there's a lot of people in the world that they don't have access to even having one of their own Bibles. And so for some of us, we have, I have multiple Bibles in my house. That means I'm really special that I get to have that. So did you notice that the word memorize wasn't in any of those passages? In fact, I looked all over, and I couldn't find any place where it said memorize. And what I think the word memorize means is get every single word right. Is that what it kind of means to you guys? Like memorize means make sure you say every single word exactly the way that you're learning it. Just like if you memorize uh, your address, if you get a word wrong, it's going to be a big problem, right? Because you're not going to get where you need to go. Or if you memorize a phone number and you mix up one number, you're going to call somebody else and they're going to say, I'm sorry, you got the wrong number. So memorize to me means you get every single detail. But I don't think that's actually what's being said here. I think it's actually something maybe even more important than that because you see these other words. I'm going to put them up here on the screen. You don't see memorize, but you see meditate, which is about thinking, thinking really deeply. You see talking about it in Deuteronomy, so that's sharing it with other people, talking about what God's word says. And then you see putting it in your heart, which is more connected to how you feel. Put it in your, in your feeling, in your heart. So I think this is what it's saying. I think what all these passages are saying is not really, can you memorize every single word? So if you're somebody where it's really hard to memorize every single word, you're okay. What I think it's saying is, if this is something that's external, so I brought a picture here. If this is something that's external from your life, God's words, you're taking it and making it internal in your life. So if it's something that's outside of you, you're taking it and making it inside, something that's going into your heart and into your mind. Does that make sense? Not if that makes sense. I think it's actually about taking something that's outside and bringing something inside. And I think it's so important because what God's word says are these things. Put up that next slide. The story of the Bible, the story of God, tells us who God is, who we are, and who we are to each other. And some of us adults can probably say, as you go on in your life, there's a lot of experiences that you have where you forget who God is in your life. And you forget who you truly are in your life. And sometimes you forget who you are supposed to be to other people because we're supposed to be brothers and sisters. Even if you're not brothers and sisters in the same family that you live with, we're all brothers and sisters, like I was talking about before, the family of God. And we forget that sometimes, don't we? We forget that every person in the world is deserving of love. And so God's word reminds us who God is, who we are, and who we are supposed to be to each other. So then you can kind of see why having something that's external would be so important to have inside our life, so that it helps guide us to know what to do in the different situations. So we're going to have just a couple stories about what this looks like in our life. So the first person, I ask a guest to come, and then I'm going to share a story. So can you guys welcome our first guest, well, I guess our only guest, Dan. Welcome, Dan. (laughs) Dan and his wife Sharon, wave Sharon, have been a part of Mill City for a little while, are Covenant members. Can you just share, first, before you share your story, can you just share just a little bit about who you are with everybody, maybe if some people don't know you yet?
1: Sure, be glad to. Five months ago, my wife Sharon and I moved to the Twin Cities at the invitation of our son, daughter-in-law, and two grandchildren, and they invited us to live with them, and they said, let's try this experiment of being this multi-generational, healthy, happy, multi-generational family under one roof. (laughs) Will you try this experiment with us? And I said, okay. And, How's uh, it going so far? It's going great. Okay,
0: good, good. That's good. That's that could have been awkward. Sign. All right.
1: And uh, we even recently uh, decided to uh, re-up for another 9 to 12 months. All right, good. So uh, that's fun. It's worked out that's really good. well.
0: It's going well. Okay, good. We've got thumbs up from them. All
1: right. Sharon and I have been married for 42 years. We've been involved in ministry over that time in several churches and different kinds of things. And... Uh, It's, uh, we joined Mill City Church last month, and uh, we're happy to be here.
0: Yeah, you became official members, and I think you got all all voting yes. Everybody voted yes.
1: Everybody voted yes. I didn't look at you, but I assumed you did too. Yeah,
0: it was probably all those vote for Dan and Sharon stickers you gave everybody. (laughs) No, that's not how it works for covenant members. It's a joke. Yeah. All right, so could you tell a story about a time, I bet there's more than one, but I said to you, could you tell a story about a time when having hidden God's word in your heart or or meditated on your mind, was super important for you in your life and meaningful for you in your life?
1: Yes. Uh, I thought of an experience that goes back several years when I was in college. So just a few years. Not too many, yes. Yeah. Uh, as a freshman in college was my time where I decided that I wanted to be a follower of Jesus and invited Christ into my heart. And a couple of years later in college, when I was a junior and a senior, I was concerned because I wasn't sure what I was going to do after college. I studied biology, I studied history, and I thought about going to different career paths, but I really just didn't know. And at the time, I had just started reading the Bible regularly, and I started reading the book of Joshua, maybe for the first time uh, on my own, and began reading in chapter one. And I discovered, perhaps for the first time, That Joshua was the leader that followed Moses. Moses had died, and God had come to Joshua, who had been Moses' right hand man for 40 years, and said, Joshua, I'm going to lead the nation of Israel uh, through you. And he says four times to Joshua, because I think Joshua was a little overwhelmed be strong and courageous. But the verse that jumped out at me was chapter 1, verse 8, in which God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you'll be careful to do according to everything that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And I read that verse and said, oh, that's what I need I need courage and strength I need to focus my life more on memorizing the scripture because how does it get into your mouth you have to memorize it first and then you're able to talk about it and so I memorized that verse as you can tell it made a huge impact on me It was before I was married I was single in those days and uh it had a, just a great impact, and I haven't forgotten about it even all these years later.
0: That's great. That's a good example. Thank you for sharing that. Can You're we welcome. thank Dan for sharing his story? <laughs> Appreciate it, Dan. Okay, I want to share a story about this in my own life, if that's okay. Oh yeah, there we go. See, it's going well. Um, if you if you if you took a program when you came in, you probably got a copy of these. Memory verses, and these are all of the scripture verses that our kids are going to memorize this year. So a little hint, adults, I'm going to encourage you with a challenge in a little bit. But the top are for our older kids, and then the bottom are, are for our youngest kids. That's why they're a little bit shorter. And I have a couple, some copies over here that you can take um, after you take communion today, if you didn't get one. But you know what was so interesting is I was, I was thinking about an experience in my life, and it was actually one of the verses that the kids are going to memorize this year, and it's the verse for April. John 16 33 and when I was a a little kid I found out when I was only seven years old that my dad was really sick and it was super scary when I found out that my dad was sick because I didn't understand what it meant because in my life my mom and dad had always seemed like nothing went wrong i now I found out that's not true but it seemed to me as a little kid like everything went great for mom and dad my life was really hard and it was hard to be a kid and it is hard to be a kid And when I found out that my dad was sick, I was really, really scared. And so remember how I said I had memorized like 200 verses? And so my brain went through all these verses that I had memorized and and a couple different verses came to mind about how God promises to be with you. And that was really helpful because I remembered God's going to be with me even though I'm scared. And then some different verses similar to what Dan shared reminded me that I could be strong and I didn't have to be afraid. But the truth was is that I was afraid. And so this verse John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but be encouraged. I have won the battle over the world. And even though I was a young kid, it started to help me realize that the things that were bad that were happening in the world are not things that God wanted. It made God scared and sad for me. God knew what it was like for me to feel scared, God could feel that with me. And that was super important for me to remember in this world, there's going to be trouble. But be encouraged because God is the one who's going to win the battle. And I, and I knew that Jesus had said this. And at that time, I was really starting to understand what it meant that Jesus was in my heart, that Jesus was my friend, that I had decided that I wanted Jesus to be with me all the time. That was something that I asked Jesus to do. And so I'd be in these waiting rooms in hospitals. I don't know about you, but those are really creepy. And I just thought they were kind of kind of creepy to be there. And we didn't know why we were at the hospital because I was so little. I didn't understand But I would think about all of these verses that I learned. About how God will be with you wherever you go. About how I can be strong and courageous, even if I'm afraid. And about how it's okay, there's going to be trouble in this world, but I can be encouraged because God is going to win ultimately. And I was really starting to understand that. And that was super meaningful for me in my life. This is something that I really needed to be able to remember, even though I was really young. But I'm just going to be really honest with all the kids. Even as an adult, I still get scared sometimes. Sometimes. Even as an adult, I still feel nervous or unsure, and I feel like I need to remind myself, just like Dan said, he's never forgotten it. I've never forgotten that phrase. Be encouraged. Even though there's trouble, you can be encouraged because God is with you, and God is going to be able to be victorious over all things. And that was super important, and it's still super important to me now. When something is external or outside of you, and then you make it internal or inside of you, you can get to it faster. You can remember it really quickly, right? And in those times in your life when it's really challenging or even times when things are really really good, the fact that something that's inside of you can come out so quickly is so important in your life. Have you I just want to ask, is there some people who have had hidden God's word in their heart and there's been some hard things in their life and when those hard things happened, those words of God's that you hid in your heart and in your mind, We're right there when you needed them. Raise your hand tall if that's happened to you. And if it's never happened to you, that's okay. But that is one of the most important reasons that we would try to hide God's word in our heart and our mind, why we would try to remember it, meditate on it, and put it in our hearts so that we can get to it when we need it. Just like somebody asks you all the time, what's your address or your phone number? When you're an adult, they ask you that all the time. And they also ask you your birthday, and you feel really silly if you forget your birthday all of a sudden because you're under pressure. But when you're an adult, they ask you about those things all the time. And because you've memorized them and they're in your mind, they come really quickly. I think this is what God's hoping for us. That those words that he has about who he is, about who we are, and about who we are to be to each other, that God is with us, that we are children of God, that we are brothers and sisters with each other, it would come very quickly to us when we needed to know it. Of course, we can have our physical Bible with us, but it would be able to come very quickly. Let me tell you one final reason that I think this can be so important. At this point, I think almost everybody here knows that the place that we actually think and have our feelings is not in our heart, because what does our heart do? Kids, does anybody know what your heart does? I heard somebody say it. pumps your blood, right? Your heart pumps your blood through your body. That's what your heart does. But it, it means when we talk about our heart, we're thinking about our feelings. But really that happens in our brain, doesn't it? Happens in our brain. Let me tell you one more verse that's one of my favorite verses, and it's Romans 12:2. I'll have it up here on the screen. Romans 12:2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, so once again, your mind is going to change so that, why? So that you can do the things that God wants for you and not go in a different direction than God wants for you. Do you know that your brain actually is changing all the time? And when you think about something or meditate on something, it actually makes your brain go faster and faster to that information. Let me give you an example. So if you think about being scared all the time, and you're always afraid, fearful, fearful, your brain starts to make it very quickly to go to fear, fear, fear. But if you think about and meditate on courage all the time, Courage, 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 then your brain will go quickly to courage. When the Apostle Paul wrote these words 2,000 years ago, I don't think he knew anything about brain chemistry yet. But now we do know. And I think that's one of the coolest things. He's talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. We actually change as people because our brains actually change when we meditate on the things that God wants for us. I think that's awesome. Because it means that when we do that over and over and we think about the things that God wants for us, it actually gets easier and easier and easier. So I think that's the answer to the question. Maybe not why would we memorize every single word, because that can be really hard. But why would we meditate and want to know in our minds and in our hearts and our emotions, God's word, so we can access it very quickly when we need it and because it will actually change our minds and change our life and change our hearts so we can be more and more like God in our everyday life. I think that's at the core of why we would memorize it. So I'm going to encourage everybody. you got this sheet. We've got some here and here. You can grab one on the little desk if you didn't get one. And I want to encourage all of the adults to memorize these along with the kids or meditate on them at best. Meditate on what these verses mean so that we can do it all together this year. So if you if, if you don't have one of these copies, make sure you grab one because we're going to encourage you to memorize it. Now listen, you don't get candy or like a sticker or something but adults if you like really need a sticker i'll give you one but you don't need a sticker but i'm encouraging you just to give it a try give it a try this year adults if you haven't memorized scripture verses for a long time give it a try and see what it's like for you in your life it's an experiment like dan said just do an experiment and see what it's like to to try to memorize these words and put them in your mind and your heart okay so we're going to have the band come back up and i wanted to share about one part of the bible that I have memorized that's been really meaningful for me, and it's really meaningful for our whole church. So kids, this has to do with why we celebrate what we call communion. So I want to show you, as I do this, exactly what I memorized in the scripture. I memorized the story, and I've meditated on the story, of when Jesus is spending the last few hours with his disciples, the people that he loves, before he goes to the cross and he dies. He loves them so much and he says some important things to them that night. But I memorized specifically some of the things that he said to them. He says to them as they're sitting around a table, they're sitting around a dinner table, and they're eating dinner, and he takes some bread, and he takes the bread and he breaks it, and he says, this is my body that's gonna be broken for you. Whenever you eat this, I want you to remember me in your life. And then he takes a cup, probably looked like this, it was made out of clay, and he poured some of the cup And he said, this is my blood that was shed for you. Whenever you drink this, remember me. Because in just a little while, if this was them to remember his body, that was going to be broken and his blood that was going to be shed. In just a little while, that was going to happen on the cross. And they didn't understand it all, just like we don't understand it all. But he said, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember. And so together as adults now, and we're inviting you kids into it today if you feel ready, What we do every Sunday is we come up and we take just a little piece of bread and we dip it into a cup to say to Jesus, we remember what you did and we want to follow you. We are loyal to you as your followers, Jesus. Even though we don't understand all of what that means, we're gonna do the best we can to be people who remember that your body was broken for us, your blood was shed for us, but you were victorious because you came back to life and you conquered death. So that's what we do together. So everybody who is following Jesus in their life is welcome to take communion with us. You don't have to be a member of our church. We're going to have some people here that can come forward now. We'll have the bread and the cup. It's gluten-free, so everybody can participate. They'll just come down these two aisles and up this way, just take a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, and then we'll have some people here on the walls to pray for you if you want prayer about anything at all. So when you feel ready, you can stand up, come on forward, communion servers, and we'll go into our final time of worship. I pray a blessing over you before we close with the doxology. Kids, may you know that we can't be us without you. You are a part of this family. Parents, may you know that you're not alone, and may you have energy, and know that you are a part of this family. Single people, may you know that you are significant without a significant other, and you are a part of this family. And people in the wisdom generations, may you know that your wisdom is more precious to us than we could possibly tell you. And you are an important part of this family. May you be blessed today as you go throughout your day. We'll see you next week.